Welcome to your weekly dose shock therapy. Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers here to give you your medication for your Chargers fandom. Uh, how you doing, Zach? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I got my COVID test results back today. They came back negative, which means I'm all ready to go to the Padres Giants game on Friday over in San Francisco. Super stoked for that, but I'm um, switching gears back over to football. I had so much fun watching the NFL draft last weekend and really excited to start talking about all the traffic picks the Chargers picked up. Some There's some really good ones. Um, and I really think that was the icing on the cake, which on what has been the best offseason uh, Tom Pelesco has ever had as general manager of the Chargers. I totally agree with that. You know, I thought they had a really good offseason last year, but this year just seems like a home run. I don't know how you can really nail draft picks the way that he did this year. So give you guys a brief synopsis of what we're going to go through. Uh, we are going to go through the entire first round of the NFL draft this week. Uh, next week, I think we're going to rounds two and three. And then uh, the week after, we'll go four through seven. Uh, but let's focus more in on just kind of the first round and how Rayshon Slater fell to the Chargers miraculously. Wow. Yeah, amazing. I don't know how that happened. Steel. Tom Telesco should be in jail right now for draft day robbery because he pulled it off not once but twice. First and did. second round pick. He did. So let's get into the first pick. Surprise, surprise. Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jaguars. That's just a phenomenal pick for them and Urban Meyer. And I don't think we really need to beat that or the Jets second round pick, Zach Wilson. Uh, those were pretty much locked in weeks ago, uh, months ago, if you really want to get into it. But yeah. The 49ers, were you buying the Mac Jones draft hype? No, not at all. We can get into it a little more when we talk about the Mac Jones pick, but to me, it was Trey Lance or Justin Fields all the way. Mac Jones, to me, is not really a prospect you're going to trade all that capital up for. I just didn't see it. I I, I knew it was going to be Trey Lance. Um, Once I started hearing the the negative stuff about Fields, I kind of knew it was Trey Lance. I, I, I didn't see Mac Jones going at three. No, I didn't really see it either. The scouting department for the 49ers won that battle, and and I think they got it right. Trey Lance is the more dynamic player. He's the more dynamic athlete. Uh, There's nothing about Mac Jones that seems special the way that it does with Trey Lance. I mean, when you go and you complete 67% of your passes, 28 touchdowns for zero interceptions, 180 quarterback rating, he's 6'4", 226. He's just got the higher ceiling. I just don't think that any way that they go any direct other direction. Well, and I think it's a really good fit for both parties, Trey Lance and the 49ers, because Lance isn't going to be expected to play right away because they still have Gar- Garoppolo, and he did get injured last year, but he's just one season away from leading that team to a Super Bowl. So Lance is going to get all the time he needs to fully adapt to the playbook before he's ever going to have to play some meaningful minutes. And you get your franchise quarterback of the future if you're the 49ers. I, I think it's a win-win for both sides. I totally agree. Going on to pick number four, went to Atlanta. Uh, A lot of people thought Atlanta was going to trade out. They ended up staying put. They took Kyle Pitts, who honestly might be the best player in this draft. If you look at what Kyle Pitts was able to do with Florida. Number five, the Bengals selected Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. This was really the first domino to fall for the Chargers that really affected their draft. Uh, Reuniting Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow just makes a ton of sense. Jamar Chase had 84 receptions, 1,780 yards, and 20 touchdowns in 2019. He chose to opt out in 2020 due to COVID. Uh, That 1,780 yards, it ranks 14th in the NCAA for receiving yards in a single season. His 20 touchdowns ranked 10th all-time. 
just a, a home run pick. I feel a little bad for Burrow's knee. <laughs> Very but, bad. But, you know, I think they made enough moves in the offseason to kind of shore up that offensive line so that they could go and take Jamar Chase. They added Jackson Carmen, uh, Quentin Spain from the Bills, and from the Vikings. So those moves allowed them to go and take Jamar Chase and make that reunion a reality. Over at pick six, the Dolphins selected Jalen Waddle. What do you think about Jalen Waddle? Yeah, Waddle to Miami I thought was a pretty solid pick. I, I, the Dolphins desperately need playmakers over there. Um, you're trying to develop Tua into your franchise quarterback, and you really can't do that with no one to throw the ball to. Waddle is as dynamic as a playmaker as, you, as you're going to get at the next level. And I think it makes a lot of sense if you look at the pieces they already have there. Having a run-after-catch specialist like Waddle is, but Tua isn't going to be throwing you know, too many Hail Mary passes out there. He's going to be getting the ball out of his hands quick. That's what his strength is. Yeah, and he's Waddle's dynamite. I mean, he could score from anywhere on the field. You just need to put the ball in his hands, and I, I think it's a good fit. I think it's going to work out for both the sides. And then this really led, again, to the next domino. You have the Bengals passing on an offensive tackle. You have the Dolphins passing offensive tackle. The Lions, ouch, Penny Sewell. They could not wait to get that pick in. Yeah, but for me as a, as a Bolt fan, I'm kind of happy we kind of stayed put and didn't trade up to grab him. I was kind of on the fence about it. I kind of felt like if we were just one left tackle away from having a Super Bowl roster, I'd maybe argue to trade all our picks to get our guy. But I thought we had a couple roster concerns um, that needed to be addressed, and I think by holding on to those, we were able to do that later on. So I, I like I like the Chargers staying put at 13. So I actually saw something on Bengals wire where the Lions actually were trying to trade up with the Bengals to take Penny Sewell. So the that. fact that they were able to sit and take Penny, it really, you know, shores up their offensive line. You know, Penny Sewell landed with Dan Campbell, who I think is going to be a good coach for them. He's a little unorthodox, mm -hmm. uh, especially in his interviews, biting kneecaps and stuff like that. Strange man, but I, I like it. You, you need that kind of personality. You, I, I like it from a coach. So the Panthers take J.C. Horn. This one kind of hurt. This was on pick eight. How do you feel about that? That one was I was a little confused about, uh, not because of the fit or the player. I mean, Carolina's defense was a mess last season, and at Horn, I think, feels a huge need for them at corner. I was kind of more confused by them selecting not to take a quarterback, essentially giving the green light to Sam Darnold's and saying, hey, you're going to be our starting quarterback next season. That kind of was confusing to me. I thought they were going to go quarterback there. Well, he traded away some draft capital to go and get Sam Darnold. They traded away Teddy Bridgewater. As soon as they traded away Teddy Bridgewater, I thought there might be a chance they might still go quarterback. Yeah. I thought, you know, Rayshon Slater could have gone there as well. Well, I, I just really didn't think they were that high on Darnold. I, I, we've talked about it, me and you personally. I, I think he's going to rebound. I think he's a lot better than what he showed during his time in New York. But I didn't think Carolina thought of him like that. They obviously do. Well, good for good for Sam Darnold. I'm really looking forward to see what he's able to do with the Panthers. Pick number nine went to the Broncos. Broncos could have gone a lot of different ways. Their pick of Patrick Sertain Jr. at pick number nine really had rippling effects for the next couple of picks. Not good for Charger fans being Patrick Sertain, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, oh, Justin Simmons. They have a stacked secondary, and, and really they're – roster top to bottom is is one of the best in, in the nfl right now they're going to be a scary unit 
to to play against next year. I'm hoping for an off year from Von Miller, from old man Von, but that guy keeps coming every year. He seems to be getting better. So that's yeah, a scary unit next year for sure. And he was a little banged up last year, so having that's a true. bounce back season from him is something that is not good for Charger fans. No. But like I said, that had rippling effects with both the top two corners off the board. The Cowboys decided to trade back. Yeah. Uh, they traded back from pick 10 to 12, so they stayed right in front of the Chargers, which was a little terrifying for me. Uh, I started drinking my whiskey a little <laughs> bit faster when that happened. Uh, the Cowboys traded back with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles selected Devontae Smith, uh, reuniting Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith. Your trend here. Uh, teams are trying to reunite their players with you know their college teammates. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts, that makes a lot of sense there. Next was the Giants. Giants didn't like what was on the board. They were obviously eyeing a wide receiver there. They traded all the way back to 20, and the Bears got Justin Fields. How do you feel about that pick? Yeah, I thought that one was a pretty good move. I I mean, you're Chicago. You really need a quarterback. The Mitch Trubisky experiment is over and done with. Um, Not trying to talk bad against Andy Dalton, but I don't really think he's a starter at this point in his career. The redheaded rifle? Come on. I don't see. I think he's an okay backup. Um, But I like Fields a lot. I think he has tremendous athletic ability. And I had really not buying all of the negative talk that goes into about him. Um, people want to knock his inability to read defenses, but he's coming from that system at Ohio State where he wasn't really asked to read the whole field. It kind of reminds me a little bit of last year's quarterback class. There was a quarterback came out last year. Analysts were trying to say the same thing about him, that he can't properly go through his progressions. He stares down receivers, that he's going to be a bust. I, I don't know if you heard about him, Tyler, but his name was Justin Herbert. He used to play at University of Oregon, and he just came by and turned in the best rookie campaign ever. So I'm not saying Fields is going to be the next Herbert, but that that's the one thing I consistently hear negatively attributed to him, um, and I just don't think it will limit him the way that the experts have, have claimed it and made it out to be. As a rookie, Justin Fields is the best quarterback I think the Bears have almost ever had. They've never had a good quarterback going all the way back for as long as you can. They've always been a run-first team. They've always been a line-of-scrimmage team. And Justin Fields, he seems like the right player for that team to really change that franchise around. The last franchise quarterback they had was, I think, Jay Cutler. Kyle Orton before him. There's been a long time before there's been a good quarterback. Who in was Chicago. the quarterback that took them to the Super Bowl? The he was terrible. He's terrible. Ah, I can't think of his name. Bears fans love him. Greasy? <laughs> no, not Greasy. I can't think of his name right now. He is. Let me consult Google University here. Rex Grossman. 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 He was so Grossman. gross. I yeah, that was a name that I happily forgot about (laughs) (laughs) gladly he was was terrible and he's like one of their best quarterbacks in their history next to jim mcmahon which you know he was kind of a playboy but they've never had a good quarterback and justin fields is already at the top of their list of top five quarterbacks in the history of the entire franchise he's never even stepped foot on the field it's anyways (laughs) Moving on from Rex Grossman and going to the Cowboys, the Cowboys selected Michael Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. I think he really fits their identity. Uh, oh, yeah. Jerry Jones 
isn't afraid to take flyers on off field issues. He just, he doesn't mind doing it. And he, I, it was hard for me to kind of see the fit a little bit because they already had Vander Esch and they already had Jalen Smith there. How often are you going to have, you know, three linebackers on the field in today's NFL? So they may move him around. He may play edge. I could totally see him playing edge. Um, but I, I just, those off field concerns, they, they, they're concerning to me. Well, and they would be concerning to you, me, any organization that has any character, but Jerry Jones doesn't care about character concerns or off the field issues. He cares about one thing and that's a player's ability to play football. And if, if that's it, I mean, Parsons is a great football player. Yeah. Which leads into the Chargers pick at 13. Who did the Chargers pick? We got Rayshon Slater, and I was saying that L.A. needs to throw a, a parade just for our first-round draft pick because I think it's a home run, a grand slam, a hole-in-one. Any sport analogy you want, I think you could insert it here because we nailed it at 13. Absolutely. So Rayshon Slater, he scored a 9.96 RAS score. If you don't know what RAS is, it's relative athletic score. It's basically a metric that measures a player's size in relation to their athletic combine stats to really measure their athleticism. And he's off the charts, yeah. off the charts. 6'4", 304, 33 reps on bench, 49140, 33-inch vert, 9-foot, 4-inch broad jump. He's got 33-inch arms, which aren't extremely long, but they're long enough. He's just a phenomenal football player. He pretty much eliminated Chase Young yeah. and A.J. Espinoza and anybody else he went against. You, we got a top eight player at pick 13 mm -hmm. at a position of need. Slam dunk. I mean, and you know I love my stats. So I, I had to go over and check out the Pro Football Focus page on Slater. In 2019, last season he played, five quarterback pressures on 355 snaps. That's insane production. And you mentioned it. He's going to play left tackle for the Bolts. And I don't care if he has small arms. He's not a center. He's not a guard. He's going to play left tackle. He's quick as a gazelle, and he's strong. I mean, he has the strength to erase anyone off the field, and if you don't think he has the talent to play left tackle, you all you have to do is turn on that Chase Young tape. That's it. That's the only game you need to watch. You could have drafted him off of that specific game alone. I would have been fine. I would have been fine with it. Slater was PFF's 8th highest graded offensive tackle, earning a 90.0 offensive grade in 2019. Five total pressures, zero sacks. Insane. Yeah, five pressures and they, they didn't touch him they just got close they just got close five times how long was that quarterback holding that ball to allow that pressure yeah, longest play in college history 15 seconds or something yeah outstanding so the our chargers added an all pro level talent they've revamped their entire offensive line you know outside of sewell he's he's the perfect pick for the chargers at left tackle and I really like them because did you see the like Twitter video? They were telling all the draft picks, um, giving them like the, the lyrics of the yeah. songs. And try he was the only one that got all of them. <laughs> so that's my guy. He is, man. And I even like this suit. A lot of people were, were you know, bagging on him for the, having the white collar. Dude, he looks stylish. <laughs> he made it work. Style. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I think he's going to bring a good personality to the locker room, too, on top of being just an amazing talent. His father, Reggie Slater, played in the NBA and in different countries for 10 years as a power forward. He's just he's just an athlete, and that's where he gets that mobility from. And just our offensive line right now on paper. Can we just take one second to marvel at this unit that TT just put together for us? Just one second. I was one, one second. 
All right, so left tackle, you've got Rayshon Slater. Left guard, you've got Matt Feeler. Corey Lindsley at center. Right guard, Odeo Bushi or Braden Jaimez. And then Brian Bulaga. I'm excited for this offensive line. I'm not fully bought in. Uh, I'll get more into that at a later podcast. That's fair. I guess there's a lot, been a lot of moving pieces, and we've, we've definitely added more pieces every offseason. The first season, we attacked the offseason, and we're like, we need offensive linemen. And we went out with a purpose, with a direction, with a plan, and got some studs. So I think that's what makes me excited. I, first, I need to see the whole unit get through training camp and line up week one, right? From from just an excitement standpoint, I'm just, I'm just so excited for for the potential. And there's a lot of potential there. So moving on, pick 14, the Jets traded with the Vikings, I believe. I'll get into the Vikings because they had a phenomenal draft as well. But the Jets traded up to take Elijah Vera Tucker to protect Zach Wilson. And I absolutely love this pick for the Jets. I think that they are in desperate need of offensive line help. Uh, nobody wanted to go to New York last year. Nobody wanted to go play for, for that team at all. And, you know, Zach Wilson, new head coach over from uh, 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. I like their coaching stuff that they put together. Uh, and protecting Zach Wilson is the first step in that. And, you know, I, I really liked what they did uh, in the first round by trading back up to go and protect their franchise quarterback. Me too. I, I like the aggressiveness. I, I thought you, you might have been able to wait to 23 to grab him, but if that's your guy, I, I love the move. I love being aggressive going up to grab a extremely versatile lineman in AVT. I mean, he's played both guard spots. He played most recently at left tackle. And for a struggling franchise like the Jets, who just got their new quarterback in Zach Wilson, I think it's a slam dunk pick. I love it. And it takes the pressure off of Zach Wilson. He's yes. not going to have to throw into pressure nearly as much. Mekhi Becton on the left side. Elijah Vera Tucker will slide right inside of him. I don't know what the rest of their offensive line looks like, but I will say that left side is definitely shored up. Yeah. Well, and, it, and if you're the front office, you're telling Zach Wilson, you're not going to have to do this alone. Like, we're here for you. We're going to get you the pieces to be successful. So if I'm Wilson, I, I love that pick. If I'm a Jets fan, I love that pick. Patriots sat at pick 15. They selected Mac Jones. He just fell into the Patriots' lap. He's likely going to sit behind Cam Newton. Makes me wonder, though, what's what's the plan for Jarrett Stidham? Is he going to get traded? Is it quarterback competition? Is he a scout player? What, what are they going to do with Jarrett Stidham? I feel like he's a scout player this year. Keep him around for some competition, and then I think next season they let Newton walk. You hand over the reins to Jones, and you got Stidham as your backup. But I, I think for all of the landing spots for Mac Jones, I think New England is a pretty solid destination for him. I mean, they Hall had Tom, of Fame coach. That's all Hall you really need. Coach. Yeah, I mean, they have Tom. They've had Tom Brady my entire life, so obviously Belichick knows how to handle a pocket passer. And I mean, that's exactly what Mac Jones is. But there's similarities to Tom Brady and Mac Jones coming out of college. They're a sure. very similar style of quarterback. Sure. You well, know? and yeah, and there's no there's no wow factor at athletically but they do they play the right way they limit turnovers they make the right reads but that's kind of why I'm not excited about Mac Jones there's no wow there's no one part of his game where that's like oh I've never seen that before right I mean Fields has that 4-4 speed Zach Wilson can make throws uh, laying on the ground I mean every one of the other quarterbacks has like that one trait where well we've never seen that Jones is just kind of good at everything 
Yeah, nothing about him athletically stands out. He's young, so he's got some athleticism. But, you know, ultimately, he fell in a really good place, though. The Patriots are on the up and up. They have Hunter Henry. They have Jonu Smith. They already have an offensive line. They're going to be a good team, and Mac Jones just fell into it. Yeah, he's definitely lucky. But if I'm looking at the quarterback selected, somebody has to be the Josh Rosen of this draft class, and to me it's Mac Jones. Josh Rosen fell into a terrible, terrible place. And, you know, Mac Jones didn't didn't have to do that. Well, and he's you know, not going to. He's, he's yeah. got weapons. He's got an offensive line. He's not going to be running for his life. You know, the, the Patriots are going to make the most out of his abilities. And it's an organization with direction, right? It's not, not like the Cardinals who seemingly have a quarterback and then the next year they're going to draft another quarterback. They have their direction. They kind of know where they're going. And Mac Jones, I think, fits nicely into their plan. All right. So I'm extremely excited to announce that we have a new sponsor. We have a new partner, Manscaped. This is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting to hear. Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the lawnmower 4.0 now available for purchase and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share this exciting news join over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer specifically for you 20 percent off and free shipping worldwide use code say it again at manscaped.com and you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping i'm one of the very first people that got to Use the new lawnmower 4.0, and I got to say, I am absolutely blown away with the performance. The craftsmanship, the details on this new product, they're, they're just next level. Their advanced ceramic blade, skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped works directly with Elon Musk engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. What makes this trimmer different than all other trimmers, you might say? It's a new multifunction on-off switch can engage in a travel lock created for people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn your 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over with different guard lengths from sizes 1 to 4. And looks-wise, it's super sleek, two-tone matte and gloss Finish even features a hot foil stamped black chrome Manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower. Did I mention wireless charging? The lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses the electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, you need to make some serious changes because you should not be getting pubic hair anywhere around your mouth. That's absolutely 100% not cool. Get 20% off free shipping with the code. Say it again at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth and your balls will absolutely thank you. I got to say, I did just use this product. I was one of the first people to actually get it. The shower, it's a little dark in there. Having that light, Shaving around that, you know, that gooch area. I thought the LED was, the light was kind of a funny uh, perk, but it's super useful. There's, it's such bad visibility down there. 
It is, dude. And you can <laughs> see everything down there, bro. I, I have moles down there I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> again, 20% off free shipping with code say it again, manscaped.com. Say it again. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I'm super excited to have them as a new sponsor, by the way. Stoked. And I will say that just the the shape, the, looking at it by itself, it, it looks like a futuristic piece of equipment. It's definitely the star of the bathroom right now. Moving on to pick 16, the Cardinals selected Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. What do you think about Zayvon Collins going before Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa? So I like Zayvon Collins. I think he's a great player, but I kind of thought Joker was, in my opinion— I think he's the best linebacker of the group. In this class, he's the best linebacker in this class. Yeah, he's a freaky athlete. I You don't really see – you see one, a prospect like that once in 10 years. And I was – I love Zayvon Collins. I think he's going to be a beast, but I was very surprised to see him go over Joker. He's huge, dude. He's 6'5", 260 pounds. He's got four speed – He's pretty agile for his size. Like, not a lot of guys that are that big running that fast. What? But over Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa, who fell super far. And Sorry. I don't know if anybody knows why he fell. A few weeks ago, he had a heart murmur or something of that nature where something was um, – he was cleared by medical officials. So there yeah. shouldn't have been easier, any reason not to take him. But I guess there was something weird that – really scared teams away and he fell all the way to the middle of the second round I would have been totally okay with the Chargers selecting him even over Asante Samuel Jr. just because of the value of getting really what is a top 20 player there uh granted I'm, I'm totally happy that the Chargers selected Asante Samuel Jr. we'll get more into that up in the next podcast but Zayvon Collins to the Cardinals it just seemed a little early for me to be I honest thought so. I thought so but they got the replacement for Hassan Reddick. It seemed early. He's a great player. He's very instinctive. He made a lot of turnovers. If he's your guy, go up and get him. I think that they could have traded back and still gotten him in the 20s, you know, if they really wanted to get some value there. But the Cardinals aren't shy of taking players a little earlier if they really believed in him, and they believed in him. So with pick 17, the Raiders selected Alex Leatherwood. I just I didn't see it. Um, something about that team reaching on players. They Al Davis still finds ways to haunt this Raiders team in the NFL draft. Doesn't matter who the GM or coach is. He's always got his hand in it. And, you know, they always go for the fastest guy or the strongest well, guy or the, the biggest guy. And it's not always the right. I feel bad for the Davis family, man, because it used to be in the early 2000s. We, you'd have like the Jamarcus Russell, the Darius Hayward Bay type busts that, taken way way too early didn't pan out because they didn't have the talent then at, in the 2010s you got Khalil Mack the Amari Coopers that were great tremendous talents but then you take them develop them into all pro players and then trade them so who knows where they're at I I think you know Alex Weatherwood I think he's a solid tackle prospect and if there's any other team that went up and got him I, I probably wouldn't give it a second thought because like you said he is he's a talented tackle but since it's the Raiders, it just kind of leaves you with that feeling. They're going like, to mess it up. It's going to mess it up. Somehow, somehow. And you mentioned it. Darisaw's still on the board. There's no way you look at the two prospects and say Leatherwood's better. There's no way. 
Um, and then there's also guys like Jalen Phillips, edge rusher, who came off the next pick, which I thought would have been a, a, a better fit for them at 17 also. And they needed help on, on defense. That was Bad. what their number one need was. Bad. But, you know, they traded away almost their entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. They got rid of guys. Um, is there a need there? Yeah, I yeah. could say there's a need there. But you got Colton Miller on one side. You know, it's, it just doesn't make sense for the Raiders. It does make sense because it is the Raiders. But, I mean, they, they're constantly reaching. They have mm-hmm. a celebrity analyst. You know, Mike Mayock there, they've got a, you know, whatever you want to call the head coach, he's still there for another seven, six years on a He's also a celebrity contract. at this point. He I, is, man. He, he got is. lucky. He got lucky taking Tampa to the Super Bowl. And I think now people have him figured out. He, he can't build a roster. That's he can't true. Do it. He can't build a roster. He can take a good team with talented players mm-hmm. far, but he can't build them at yeah. all. And he's just struggling. He's struggling. It's weird because they create an identity and then they totally flip the switch. It just, it doesn't make sense. That team is, is onto the next team. The Dolphins (laughs) selected Jalen Phillips, Miami, but they keep Jalen Phillips in Miami, which is where he played. He's the first edge rusher off the board. And he's really going to start the run on the edge rushers in the next, you know, 10 picks. He's the best edge rusher in this class. I think it makes sense for the Dolphins who are just going to be super, super good in the next couple of years with all the draft yeah. picks that they've gathered. They're they're going to be a phenomenal team very soon, building around Tua. And I, I love that route, too, because with that many picks, you don't need all of them to pan out, right? You have so many options that, I, I yeah, I really like what they're doing. I Like you said, I think they're going to be legit in a couple of seasons. Yeah, and, you know, building through the draft, it's very cheap on the – the salary cap very very cheap so it'll be really interesting to see how good this team ends up getting i think they have the coaching staff in place they've got all the pieces in place and mm-hmm. it's just going to get better for them every year for the, like the next three years yeah at pick 19 the washington football team selects Jamin davis to replace thomas davis who just retired I think it's a good pick for him. Super athletic linebacker, a guy who raised rose up in the ranks quite a bit this draft season, like a fourth round pick to a 19th overall pick. Super good player. Really excited to see what he does for the Washington football team. What are they going to change their name to, bro? I don't know. I, 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 I yeah. Seeing WFT is so weird. Yeah, I can't wait for them to figure it out over there in their marketing department because I want to call them something. I'm not calling them football team. I'm not. So I like the color scheme. I think it's one of the, the better color schemes. I, I hope they stay with the crim. And it's been around for so long. I feel like if you don't have a crimson and yellow football team out there in the NFL, it it's going to be weird. It is. You got to have crimson. Crimson is a football color. Yeah. Through and through. With the 20th overall pick, the Giants select Kadarius Toney. They traded back from pick 11 or 12 to select really what they envisioned to be the next best wide receiver. And I love the fit for them. I really do. And I think that they need a wide receiver pretty bad. They didn't get Devontae Smith, who it seems like they were eyeing. Well, and I thought it was a good move for the Giants, too, because I think they were sitting there at 11. They were definitely looking at Devontae Smith. And when he went at 10 to the Eagles, instead of freaking out, 
they did the smart thing and traded back, stacked up some picks, and still got the position that they wanted with a, a legit player in, in Tony. With the 21st pick, the Colts select Quiddy Pay. I'm a little surprised that they took two defensive ends in the top two picks, uh, but I do like the player. I do like that there is a need for a defensive end there. Well, yeah, I think you get some edge rushers. You got Leonard there in the middle, who's a stud. So if you if you get some edge presence, I think that defense has the pieces to be uh, pretty scary next season. They do, and they already have a lot of good young players on that core. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just going to get better. They're a really well-managed team, too. Yeah. The Tennessee Titans at pick 22 selected Caleb Farley. I guess the injury issue was something that they were willing to overlook. And, you know, they got a phenomenal player at a really good value. If he's healthy, that's going to be an absolute steal for them. Yeah. I think these next two picks right here, 22-23, these are kind of the picks I I, I eye as, like, the biggest value, I think, of the first round, right? The Vikings could have taken Christian Derisaw at 14. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And, I mean, I love Derisaw. I thought that was going to be the pick at 13. And you get the third best tackle at 23. I mean, dream With help from a reach from the Raiders? Yeah, thank you, Raiders. (laughs) Yeah, the, the front office in Minnesota needs to send Oakland a thank you card. You know, they had a very, very bad year last year with all the players lost, and they've really made up for it in a very quick manner. They hit on Justin. They're going to hit on Derisaw. Wyatt Davis is probably one of the best interior offensive linemen. They got him in the third round. They've revamped that that secondary quite a bit. Uh, They're doing the right things there in Minnesota. They're close. 24, Najee Harris goes to the Steelers. I love that fit. I absolutely like love that fit. I do. I like Najee Harris there. Don't foresee Najee Harris being a front runner for offensive rookie of the year because I don't think he has the line in front of they're they're a team that's definitely in transition. Yeah. You know, even if Ben Roethlisberger is still there, they don't have any offensive line and that has been their identity for as long as I've been alive. They have no idea who their quarterback of the future is gonna be. That's true. That's true. I to me though, I kind of thought the Najee pick was a little unnecessary. Um, not I love Harris. I you know he's a he's a Bay Area guy. He went to high school in Antioch, which is just down the street from me. But I, looking at the Steelers' offense last season, to me the running backs weren't the problem, right? You, Benny Snell, I think is okay. Um, they have Anthony McFarland. Yeah, change of pace kind of guy has that receiving threat. He, it's only his second season, so obviously he's gonna continue his development. Um, what they just signed Kalen Balage, who was probably going to take over as their backup, presumably. So I, I didn't really, and obviously Harris is the best running back out of that bunch, but I, I kind of thought the Steelers offensive problems kind of revolved around their inability to block, not really the running backs, but, um, that, that's just kind of my thoughts. So they're starting offensive line from left tackle to right guard, Chuma Okafor, Kevin Dotson, J.C. Hessenhauer, David DeCastro, Zach Banner. I'm going to say this. Ben Roethlisberger, it was nice watching you. You were, had a great career. That's going to be he's, the end of that. He's going to finally feel what it's like to be Philip Rivers. He is Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see if he likes it. Yeah, you know, they have surrounded him with so much talent over the years. And now they're like, all right, end of your career, you're a holdover. Uh, 
this is your going away party. Run for your life. Well, now, this just kind of got me on a random tangent, but where do you kind of see these top three quarterbacks taken in this uh, draft kind of compared to that? Is Was it 2002 with Eli? 2004. Was it 2004? Best fit is going to be Mac Jones. Mac Jones fell in the perfect place. He just, he did. I think Trevor Lawrence has a lot of good talent around him as well. I think he's got an offensive line miraculously, and they're going to be able to take the pressure off of him because they got a stable backs there. They have a really, really good running back room. They've got, um, you know, I was actually going to get to that actually next, Travis Etienne with the Jaguars, right? That was the next pick, and the Jaguars are doing some good things. They got DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault. Marvin Jones, Colin Johnson, Philip Dorsett. They've got a true number one wide receiver. They've got a run after the catch guy. They've got a speedster like Philip Dorsett. And they got a big body like Colin Johnson. They're hitting everything that they need. They're just he tied in a way. So Trevor Lawrence is in a good, good spot. I think so. I, I kind of I was looking at that ATN pick and then I kind of had to look back at the Jaguars depth chart because I know they just had James Robinson who had a crazy year. I think he went undrafted last season, but phenomenal talent there. I, I think they brought in Carlos Hyde. So I just wanted to see kind of what their running back depth chart was like. They love running backs over there. They have seven running backs now on the roster, including ETN. It's going to be a lot like the Browns. They're just going to be a run-heavy yeah. team and let Trevor Lawrence develop slowly. Don't put well, any pressure on him. And I'll admit, I was bad-mouthing the Browns last season because I, I thought it was kind of a little unnecessary having two great backs. They have enough offense for, to make it work. I mean, both finished with great great seasons. Yeah, there, there's room for two back sets still in the NFL. Even with all the passing, guys throwing for 5,000 yards, there's plenty of room for uh, teams that want to implement the two back sets. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the best player in this draft, but best fit is going to be Mac Jones. So Murray's going to have some struggling to do there. Uh, he, he's going to struggle there. The bears are going to struggle. They don't really have the offensive line. They don't have a lot of the weapons, you know, David Montgomery, who knows if he's actually going to develop into that, that player they drafted him to be Matt Nagy. I like Matt Nagy as a coach, but at the same time, that team's just not far enough along for him to really succeed the way that Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones just have all the pieces around them to succeed. Out of the top three guys, the top three guys taken. So Lawrence, Wilson, Lant, out of those three, do you think they will have two Super Bowl winners and three Pro Bowlers through their career? And all three of them played like 10 years. That's that's what I'm saying, like compared those three to the three quarterbacks taken of the 2004. What I'm thinking of is during the draft, uh, Mel Kuyper, they had that little blurb of him saying, I'm telling you now, this draft class, none of the quarterbacks will be a bust. Well, not everybody's going to succeed, right? Like players are drafted every single year. If there is five quarterbacks in this draft, two or three of them have to bust. It just, it has to happen. How often do you have a 2004 quarterback draft class? You you don't. That That's what you I'm saying. That, that's kind of what I'm saying. You don't see so, it on par with those guys. So if I had to guess, Trevor Lawrence is in a good spot. He'll succeed. Trey Lance got a really good quarterbacks coach. He's got a very yeah. good play caller. He's got an amazing defense. They have a good offensive line. He's in a good position to succeed. It's got to be Murray. It's got to be Fields. And Mac Jones, I just don't think there's enough there. He's. I think of Mac Jones as like Mark Bulger as a ceiling. <laughs> 
you know, so if I had to guess which two two guys are going to, to succeed in this draft, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence and it's going to be Trey Lance. But if, if there's two guys that are going to be all pro style players, it's the guys that fall into the best fits. Mac Jones might be a, a decent quarterback. He might, you know, but nothing special. With the 26th pick, speaking of the Browns, they select Greg Newsom. I absolutely love that pick as well. The Browns are still going to be good. They're Them and the Ravens are really the teams to beat in that division. Browns came out of nowhere. I, I feel good for a, a team like the Browns who not so far removed from an 0-16 season and now are have one of the most talented rosters, one of the most exciting teams. I, I love seeing that jump from worst to first. It's- two 0-16 seasons in two years and a 1-15 when they beat the Chargers Man. in their only win. Yeah, they, they went on a terrible run, and they just could not get it right. They kept bringing in good players. Players kept coming in and be like, I'm going to be the guy to change this around, and they just couldn't do it until they got new coaching. Baker Mayfield looks like he's starting to develop into something. They have good receivers. They have a, a running back staple there. They've always had a good offensive line, even mm-hmm. through their worst years. They've always had good offensive Which line. Which was weird. Which is, you would think, like, just ride the run game. It's the yeah. reason Peyton Hillis made the Madden cover. <laughs> That's true. Peyton Hillis. Wow. <laughs> wow. That face mask is just ingrained into my soul, man. The pit bull, yeah. yeah LT, LT used to have a similar one with the face shield. It looked like a bully. He always had, I wish the NFL didn't do away with the cool face masks. Me too. The no fun league. No fun. It reminds me of that. Have you seen that Key and Peele skit where they make fun of the um, unnecessary <laughs> dancing and celebrating? You know, I love when Aaron Rodgers went one pump, two pump. Yeah. And then he walked away. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to play next season? That's a that's that's a good question. I think he's going to stay put, dude. Well, I don't care how angry he gets. He's either going to retire or he's going to play. One of the two is going to happen. We'll get into that at another one. Let's go ahead and finish up this one, man. We can talk football all day long. With the 27th pick, the Ravens finally select their big-bodied receiver, Rashad Bateman. They've been looking for a big-bodied receiver for a while. They wanted Mike Williams. They couldn't get him. They sat and they took Rashad Bateman, and he's a great pick for them. Yeah, big old possession receiver is going to be scary in the red zone. And I think he's going to be a a legit blocker out there for when – Lamar Jackson wants to let loose and show off his crazy speed. He is. He's an absolute stud there for them. He finally gives them the true X receiver that, yeah. you know, they haven't had. I can't remember yeah. the big bodied receiver they've had. They went through Steve Smith. They drafted Hollywood Brown. They've been going after these small, tiny guys, but it doesn't fit their identity of being mm-hmm. a run first team. No. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like their last big physical X receiver and I can't really think of one. I can think of one. He played for the Cowboys. Des Bryant. That's right. That's right. But he yeah. was not even involved in that offense. No. At all. Well that's and he true. was not even utilized. He's mm-hmm. he's I, I'm surprised he even found a team to latch on with. He's not even that old. He's only like thirty. No, he kind of phased out of nowhere. Super talented and then all of a sudden just died out. Oklahoma State, right? Yeah, he got his he must have got space jammed all he had his, his talents. Four years. He had his four years of just being super dominant, and then his quarterback left him and went to go be an announcer, and he just couldn't do it anymore. With the 28th pick, the Saints select, surprise, Peyton Turner? I thought that was a surprise. I thought that was a surprise, too. I thought Peyton Turner was going to be a guy the Chargers were eyeing at 47. 
I just I don't see the fit, especially when they have a hole at linebacker. Jeremiah Owosu Kormoa was the perfect pick for them. That would have been a home run hit for them. Nobody thought Jock was going to be there. No, and, and he I, was there, and they he he they didn't take him. Demario well, Davis yeah. is like thirty three years old. Zach Bond didn't even really play last year. Jock was a plug and play starter, all pro potential, definite pro bowler. I would have way preferred Jeremiah there because you at least get to keep him out at least three downs. I think Peyton Turner out of college, what you're really going to use him only as a situational pass rusher and hope that he can develop to a, a three down type of guy. But he he's a developmental player and you're taking him at 28 with a guy like you were saying with Jeremiah still on the board, who's a top 15 guy. I guess they're looking at replacing Cam Jordan, trying to get cheaper. I mean, Cam's in his 30s, right? Marcus Davenport was just drafted a few years ago. He's still on a rookie contract. Well, and Jordan's lost a step, but I think he's still still a legit player. I thought there was a lot of other routes they could have went. The Peyton Turner kind of was a confusing pick for me. It definitely was. With the 29th pick, the Packers select Eric Stokes. Uh, They passed on wide receiver yet again. But then I started... Diving into the players that are available, you have Elijah Moore, you have Rondell Moore, and you have Dwayne Eskridge, who went late in the second. And to be honest, when you're looking at these small receivers, none of these guys are over 5'10". You Mm -hmm. already have your true slot receiver, who, by the way, had one of the most phenomenal seasons of any wide receiver. It makes sense that they pass on wide receivers, seeing that none of them were worth that pick. Maybe you trade out. They have a need at corner. I think opposite of their all pro corner, Jared Alexander. So when you're looking at value, I think Eric Stokes makes sense there. He kind of fits, you know, in that late first round grade. There isn't really much else on the board that they really could have gone for. Uh, I think it makes sense that they take Eric Stokes there. I like it. I like it too. The dude's so fast. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want an athlete like him on your team. Having Jerry Alexander and Eric Stokes on the side there is it's not even fair, man. I like it. And I, I really do like Lazard over there at receiver too. He he was a little banged up last season, but when he was healthy, he was a legit threat in that offense. Which also made me think that maybe an Elijah Moore or Rondell Moore did fit there. In my opinion, I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league right now. I think he is. He is better than Keenan Allen because he's got enough speed. I think he's so. got the same route running ability. He runs after the he, catch. Yeah, he's amazing. I think the yeah the whole full package can do everything. He's, he's in so much fun to watch too. Yeah, I've had him on the last couple of fantasy teams, and he's ridiculous. I mean, he so just catches everything in his way, and he's always open. Always Teams open. are bracketing to him, and it doesn't matter. And he plays with that swagger that just, I'm better than you. Yeah, he knows he's going to make the catch. I, I like that. I, I used to always like when uh, T.O. used to line up, and he would just tell the guy, I'm, I'm going to run a slant, and I'm still going to be open. Like, I love that. He kind of plays with that type of But he's of not even big. He's not a no. big receiver. He's very smart, no. Keenan Allen. He just has a, a different gear that Allen doesn't have. Well, and one thing I like that I think is a little underrated, I never see Adams get hit hard, right? He No, he knows how to protect his body. He's got mm-hmm. an unbelievable body control. And, you know, I think it makes sense. Eric Stokes is going to get a lot better seeing him practice every single day. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Stokes is going to be a legit player. With the 30th pick, the Bills select Greg Rousseau. I love this fit for them. 
I think Greg Rousseau falling to the very end of the first round is good value, especially because six months ago he was a top 15 pick on yeah. every draft board everywhere. Well, and he was for a long time the hot ticket at 13 for the Bolts. I don't know about that, but I, I get I get it. Right? There was like a it. month where every mock I, I saw like three in a row where it was Rousseau, Rousseau, Rousseau. I just wonder how much this opting out is going to stunt his growth. He's kind of a wild card because of that, right? Like if he would have played last year, he might be that consensus edge rusher that there isn't in this class. But him opting out, it ultimately hurt his draft stock. And it it helped guys like Jalen Phillips. It helped his growth. It let Quincy Roche kind of, you know, get drafted a little bit higher than he probably would have. Rousseau opting out. I mean, could you imagine those three edge rushers coming in every single play? Yeah, that would be insane. I don't know. You can't really game plan for that, especially at the college level. That's not fair. That's that's <laughs> like getting the new the new NCAA game and trading all of the players in the national championship team to the third place team, or like the it would team have been that, unfair. But it, ultimately, what I'm saying is a cheat code. Yeah, it's not fair. If Rousseau would have played, he would have been that consensus edge rusher going in the top five, six, seven picks. He hurt his draft stock by sitting out. And, you know, it's terrible to see that to a guy that's super, super athletic, like he is, has all the traits. He would have been, he would have been it. He would have been the consensus player. Right. I think it's worse off for his, you know, initial payday because he's going at 30 instead of 10. But I think it's a better fit, right? Because you're going to a better team when you're drafted at 30 over 10. Yeah. It's definitely going to help his his trajectory. Yeah. It's a better career landing spot for him for sure with the ravens at pick 31 that they got from the chiefs they traded away orlando brown jr they select jason away um i hate the fact that brown is a chief i hate that so much but at the same time i mean they traded away draft capital and they have to pay that contract eventually mm-hmm. and they are already paying a 500 million dollar contract to their quarterback yep in some ways, I think it's good because I don't think they're going to be able to hold on to him for the long term with that type of contract. They could yeah. have totally gone offensive tackle here, and I, I would be more afraid if the Chiefs had a rookie offensive tackle like a Liam Eichenberg who would go in the next couple of picks. The Ravens, on the other hand, Jason Away, Adafe, I think is his first name, not his, um, his middle name. Uh, I like the pick there because the Ravens need another edge rusher. Their defense is already scary. They're they're going to be a good team, especially when they have you know two first round picks right at the end there. Thoughts yeah. on Owe? Oh, I like Owe. I think he's a crazy athlete, but he's one of those he's one of those players that you kind of have to have a plan for, right? He's doesn't really have a pass rush arsenal. He needs that developed. But from just a pure athleticism standpoint, he's he's insane. And now he's at, surrounded by a bunch of other talented defenders. I think that's a good spot for him. I do. I do think it's a good fit for him. He's on a, a very well-coached staff. He's in a very good – nobody wants to leave the Ravens. Eric Weddle didn't want to leave the Ravens. He said no. he had the best of time of his career with the Ravens. I think if you're a it's defensive a, player or, like, a running back, like, that's where I want to play, Baltimore, man. Like – they take care of their players. They love their players. Nobody has ever left the Ravens with anything bad to say 
ever. I'm jealous of like the fan base of they play the old school defensive run down your throat. I, I like how they play. With the final pick, the Super Bowl championship, Tampa Bay Buccaneers select defensive end Joe Tryon. Yeah, I'm so tired of of that team's defense right now. I was going to say, can you imagine Joe Tryon on that Super Bowl defense? I mean, Matt Mahomes would have had to retire, poor guy. You add that, a playmaker like Tryon to that defense, it's going to be insane. They're getting all of their players back. Everybody, they got better, and they were already the model. Tampa Bay went from a a laughingstock organization to the premier talent in the NFL. The only way they have any sort of chance next year, if Tom Brady's arm turns into a a, noodle, a noodle. Yeah. Like that's it. That's the only way you take Brady out. You have a chance. Yeah. That team is stacked everywhere. It's just not fair. Deflate the balls a little bit. I heard he doesn't like (laughs) that, but that's literally the only way you could stop him right now. It is. It is. Well, that sums up our analysis of the entire first round. The Chargers select Rayshon Slater with the 13th pick. An absolute steal. This is going to be a great, great direction for this franchise moving forward. A lot of teams got better. There are some teams like the Raiders that just didn't make sense with their draft strategy. There are some teams that are just not fair, like the Bucks and them getting another rusher like that. Any closing remarks, Zach? No, I think we I think we nailed it. Excited to get into the later rounds because there's a lot a lot more pieces that we we landed. So excited for the next couple episodes. We will move a bit quicker through rounds two and three. Uh, we'll probably talk more about some of our AFC West rivals and some of the players that they got. Uh, so don't think that you know we're just going to go pick by pick every single round. But we will touch we will touch on a few key picks that kind of surprised us and some just really great value picks like Jock going to the Browns in the middle of the second round. Yeah. Well, and Asante Samuel, come on. There's, there's some value we got. There is a lot of value there and I am excited to get into some Asante Samuel talk. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART.